0: And welcome to Upstage
1: Downstage With me, Richard Platt, seated in the upper circle And me, Stephen Rees, uh, seated in a cheap seat This is the theatre podcast where we discuss productions we've seen Things we've liked and may not have liked Giving our complete unprofessional and non-biased opinions So grab a brew, take a
0: seat and let's raise that curtain On today's episode we'll be discussing Ladies of Letters. We saw this touring production at Derby Theatre on the 21st of May 2022. Ladies of Letters by Lou Wakefield and Carol Heyman began as a series of books, then a series for BBC Radio 4. Running for 13 years and now adapted for the stage by
1: Jonathan Harvey. So Stephen, what's it all about? Irene, a retired medical receptionist with a flair for Taramasalata and Vera, An ex-mobile librarian, embarking on a new relationship with Bill, meet under a table at a wedding after consuming too much sherry. Over the ensuing years, they form a hilarious, barbed, long-distance friendship.
0: So with all that said, let's set set the scene. scene.
1: So Stephen, what were your first impressions of the layout of this stage and the production? Okay, so what we saw was a split stage. On either side, there was envelopes at the back, silhouetted... Or was outlined in neon lights and then in front of those envelopes were two leaves of writing paper which folded up near the top of the stage and yep. then fell back down near the bottom on and then on either side of the edge of the writing paper were two enormous pens. One was a fountain pen and one was a ballpoint pen. And the neon lights were done in a way that was just the out, outline. Just emphasise the edging in the borders. And the edging it. of the uh, the letters. And above the envelopes and the pages and, and the writing paper were stamps. There were six in total, just dotted, just as a backdrop. Yeah. Throughout. And it, the colours were basically blue with a, a white uh, neon light going around it. So it just um, emphasised... The colouring, really? Yeah, D- the, didn't it? I mean, yeah.
0: like the one, one. And the stamps were the standard silhouette of the yeah. queen. They were standard, your normal everyday stamp. So you, you were very familiar, and you knew that this was a production about writing and it very much set that ladies of letters production you knew that exactly that you you,
1: you, you, because it was a split stage you knew that one lady was going to be on one side one on the other it was a mirrored effect and, pretty then, much, and then you've got the various sizes of the stamps um, from the front of the stage right the way to the back going and, from and in a way to say what you see they've got the lady herself the
0: queen and letters below her. So there was very much ladies of letters. Exactly, It, was, it was yes. said everything that, that yeah. as he walked in the, the room. Yeah, and it also didn't give you any impression of how the production was going to develop. You just knew that it was all going to happen on this paper in front
1: of you. Yeah. So I, I've heard of the radio series Um and I, I think I've listened to a few episodes, but I think I listened to the ones with um, Patricia Routledge yeah. in it. Um, I've not heard the one with uh, Maureen Lippman and Anne Reid in it. No, it okay. was uh, Pr- Prunella Scales and um, Patricia Routledge. So I, I kind of um, know the situation. So I knew this was just basically going to be intermittent de- uh, monologues, yeah. but like a, a split stage of. Convokingly. And, uh, and that's it. No, yeah. no, no other actors going to be involved. And I, I didn't know how it was going to develop when they this into a play and it was put by Jonathan Harvey who yeah. is was a really good phenomenal um, stage writer yes well he's just a phenomenal writer all around yes. to be honest so at some point I knew they must meet somehow but yes. yeah from the get go I knew what was expected yeah
0: you felt that it was a strong confident staged set design where you had a lot of black space behind these letters and because of the neons it actually enhanced the performance area and led you to believe there wasn't the, everything in the distance was just black stage. That's, yes, it brought you, everything that was lit up to the it, forefront. Yeah, it, everything felt focused on these two writing pages, where you know that yeah. was what it was about, and and that helps keep your focus in that stage area. And not only that, it but, wasn't too distracting either, was it?
1: No, but the way they'd actually used the flooring of the the stage, yes. the fact that it was at angles, yes. and the, the fact that um, the pages were. Pretty much all corners were torn... Yeah. Turned up, they were basically. turned up or
0: turned down, where they'd they'd made it feel like a natural piece of
1: paper just laid and rested on something, yep. and, and and hidden in the floorboards. And were similarly their props. with the
0: envelope envelopes, they were off center. Mm. They weren't they weren't all perfect. It wasn't symmetrical, although it very much felt like two different zones. Yeah, and even though they were at the same sort of symmetrical angle, there was something different on each one to show that it was a difference in yeah, two different it, areas of, yes. the, of the of the product. Like
1: even down to the fountain, uh, even down to the pens, Mm. one had a fountain pen, one had a ballpoint pen. One was black, one was red. It showed you that know. Yeah, just to show there was a different characteristics between the two ladies. Yeah. And when the envelopes opened up, you then got to see a picture of their houses. Yes. And even that told a lot about their characters. Yes. Told you more without even using words. You, you knew, knew they were so going to be more. middle class, Yes, basically, yeah. because of the uh, detached house yes. that they were. But it was that type of house of course. which gave you so much more background information. Yeah. There
0: was one that was Tudor. There was one that was a detached house, but more modern more day, mod- So more yes. late 80s, yeah.
1: more modern construction. So, so you probably got had the modern dif- things inside. Yes. And basically, it, it probably had no authentic features because no. it was modern, whereas no. the other house must have had and I think
0: that's where the set and the scenery came in, where I suppose we can talk about the scene, the this, this sort of set yeah. that and came from this. So as we were sat in the audience, you were presented with very bare paper, yeah. nothing on it. Before the two actors came out on stage, from the, the fly tower was dropped two sets onto that paper, which one was a very country house, table, desk and... Very much set in that Tudor building that would have warranted that sort of setting with the chair that was the, the standard... Yeah, it was like a pint, pint, pint table, pint, wasn't table, it? table, yeah. yeah. But it had got the knocks in it. It felt like yeah. it had been there for quite a while. And then you'd in the... In Irene's in house. In Irene's house, it was a, a modern day... Very almost, much Ikea. Yeah, it's very much Ikea, it? floating shelves, desk with a high chair that you, you were looking through to Irene, writing the letters. However, it almost looked like it had been built in an alcove where there was floating shelves above it, and the desk came out of the alcove. So, or possibly somewhere in the kitchen. Yeah. maybe she's like yeah. a breakfast in a corner. Bar. Yeah, oh yeah, in the thing. Yeah, yeah definitely it felt felt almost yeah, like you say, breakfast bar yeah. or that sort of style. So it very much the pictures of the houses that came out of the envelopes at the back mirrored what was on stage yeah. in the the setting of the scenery. I mean, before we talk about props, one special thing I'd like to mention is what we also didn't realise is that the paper was actually carpeted. Yeah. And it was only because you couldn't really tell when the lights were blue. You couldn't really
1: tell what that well, flooring it, was. It wasn't until they opened the hatches to get yes. their props out. Yeah, where they built hatches was, uh, within
0: the carpet. Under the, under the carpeted area were hatches boxes things to hide more props but cleverly under the carpet because it was quite a deep pile carpet you couldn't even see in the joins of the mm. wooden hatches under the floor there would have just been holes for them to put their
1: hands in yeah. to lift those boxes up i mean we'll talk props later but this is that's just something with the I, set i have to say and this is probably why we're taking a bit of a long time on this because for me this is so much of a simple set this is a yeah. simple set but for me this is a stunning set it's this amazing is a, one of the best sets that I have actually seen and I must actually say we have commented we have reviewed a play by an Avon Arnold theatre production yes Sheila's Island and we weren't bowled over well we didn't particularly like no. that set at all no, and, we and didn't. And the choices that were
0: made for that set. I think that's why I personally am shocked as to how good this this is.
1: If you would like to hear our review of Sheila's Island, you can listen to our podcast on episode 3. Where we'll discuss that set and there's a picture on our um social media by what we're referring to now so i didn't have high hopes for this production company no i've not seen their work other than sheila's island so thankfully i have to say they've redeemed the hope (laughs) yes because to go from a play that i quite liked and seeing how bad the set was it could have been so much better and then seeing this Wow. Wow, exactly. I mean, for me, I always talk about sound and lighting being another cast member on stage.
0: And this production, what I'd also say is the set and the props became another cast member on stage here because it very much was integral to the production. Yes. And I feel that if they didn't have these elements, it wouldn't have been as good as it
1: was. And I think it was inspired because nothing was wasted. Now, how do you think the space was used within this set? Because throughout the whole play, neither of them um, left their leave or paper, shall we say, unless it was the interval. Mm -hmm. Oh, mind you, I think there was one moment where Irene probably walked off. For one particular thing. Yeah, but that's because she moved house. That's correct. That's in the second act. So, yeah. yeah. No, that's fine. So, everyone basically, well, the pair of them, they stay on the, so the, the very page.
0: They'd got their own stage on a stage. Yes. They'd got two separate stages to perform on, and because it was very monologue-driven, the whole production was written in a way where it was one monologue, another yeah. monologue, then another monologue. However, because of the interaction with everything they had on stage, it created a a feeling of almost comfort that Mm. they knew everything, that you could feel like even though there was not a lot on their set in each of their areas, you felt like you were in that
1: room. Well, when they went to... Hoover the carpet yeah. and, and um, the, the bit with the bin and the plaster coming down yeah. on, on um, Vera's side and Irene's side. She had a yeah. dog in a basket that yeah. was uh, yeah. and carried it, on as well. And, and that
0: was, it was so simple. Uh, yeah,
1: pretty much every, every corner of that leave of paper, that writing pad, was used yeah. as their little set. Yeah, and it As all a had a, it all area. had a purpose. Yeah. So. so, but the thing is, because it was a monologue, it must have been difficult to direct in terms of what else they could do. Because, exactly. I mean, there was there was times, or I mean, I'll talk about this a bit later on, but there was times where there was a lot of going around the desk. Yes particularly for the for Vera. Yeah. But what else could you do in, in that essence? But she did it in a way where she tried to do something different.
0: Yeah, I've seen other productions very similar to this and it's a completely sort of different type of production but I saw a production based on, it was a two-person production where they had a gym bench with hooks and things with all their costumes on to change and to, to move on to the next scene. They used to walk around the back and then come back out the other side and it was a very similar way, very similar to stage work where it was almost like a reset it was like I'm going to walk around here and then I'm going to grab that piece of set or I'm going to grab that piece of theatre it was almost like the reference points to move on to the next mm. part of their monologue and I think that was evident in this production as well it was that helped the actor progress through yeah their if, monologue. if it was
1: referenced in the writing then they pretty much did it Yes. And, it, and yes, anyway, anything they that whatever, they, yeah, there was, was if if it, if it yeah. was
0: certain scenes it was it, it, it all had that reference. Yeah. With oh. them
1: utilizing the stage the way they did, what do you feel about the direction because it being like um two different monologues, yeah. well, exchanges of letters. Do you how did that direction I almost feel wonder for you? if this was directed individually
0: in parts. Okay. And I wonder if it was worked on because obviously they do they almost have a conversation of monologues i wonder if uh, so at certain points they to to help that cast member to help that actor perform mm. they directed the each individual section each individual monologue yeah or almost each uh, the whole of the first half i wonder if they they actually did the whole thing as one piece to get used to the movements of, well, be between each yes. it would be quite easy, wouldn't yes. it? You know,
1: because yeah. um, don't forget, there would have been um, rehearsing with the under, two understudies yes, as well. Yes, of course. So they must have been... Well, I- I'm guessing, Yeah. like you said, they probably was rehearsing... They were probably rehearsing with Gwenna Strong on on one day with her understudy, yeah. doing the whole of the first act on each scene... Or monologues, and then the next day with Pete Jones, yeah. and then her understudy.
0: Because one thing I'd say is, I suppose,
1: but it was easy. It's easy to do on yeah, this. Yeah, it is. You don't need to interact. However,
0: I think as well because when one when one character finishes their monologue or begins their monologue yeah. or finishes, they have to get ready for the next monologue while the other monologue's happening. Yeah. So. There isn't. Neither had nothing to do in yeah. between. So when one finished a monologue, the other person was was doing something else, like putting a new piece of costume on or getting a prop or doing something ready for the, it. Almost put them in the mindset that right, this is the next scene I've got yeah. to do. Pr- while while the other monologue is happening, and I think that showed a
1: lot. But also, it just shows how well Directed it was, yes, and how well acted it was, yeah. Because, whilst, uh, take for example, whilst we were watching Irene doing her scene, mm. I was focused on this um, on stage left with Irene's yeah. house and her what she's talking yeah. about. I didn't even see Gwyneth Stone no. get changed, no. And then when However, she changed with a whole different, ooh, yeah, like a, a coat on or, yeah. or a house coat or whatever, it's like, when did she do that, yeah? And but I don't think even though that was all happening while you
0: were watching it. It was and, all and happening the th- the so
1: smoothly, and that's where direction comes in. Well, this is that, how difficult it is when you've got a split stage. Yeah. You don't want to upstage or take the focus no. away from someone else. And so. it was
0: the subtleties of turning the back to the audience to put costume on, but yes. they did it in such a succinct way where you didn't see it happen. It well, was, they didn't bring attention to no. themselves, do it. there was they, certain pieces that... That each of them put on that could have distracted and could, have, because they didn't black out that stage. They didn't black out that other I, half of the production. I,
1: I, I think each
0: scene got lit. They got well, lit, no, one got lit brighter the than the other, but they didn't turn all the lights off on the other. So you couldn't no, see. No, I think
1: one went down a bit. No, they
0: went down to like a blue light. Oh, yeah. But yeah. what I mean is you could still see the person. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't did, like a complete because they couldn't have done a blackout. Well, no, with because that they had the light neon the or, other one. Yeah, So, they had the so that from, actor has yeah. to be so aware of of that happening. So, yeah. if they can do as much as they can subtly, I mean, it, there was one scene where Irene just simply got a cup and a spoon, and I was I sort of glimpsed out the corner of my eye because she walked round the back to sit back at her desk, and she just got a cup out to put a spoon in it. But she just starts stirring it like she was just finishing making a a drink mm. while the other scene. So even because she knew she was still seen, she was still in the zone. And oh she knew yeah. That, that and that, but I think that's key as well because then when the lights come up on her scene, she's mid doing that. So you know that yeah. it's just a continuation of what she's doing yeah. rather than oh lights are on. I've got to, well, to stop doing yeah, them, it is them is a big in thing the of that, You know, and yeah. and I think that's key. There's a moment where moment where Vera's getting something ready or she's little things like she was pulling a drawer out to get something out or a scarf or something. And she'd do it just calmly and Mm. really quietly and then the lights came on and she was already playing with that thing and it was and I think that's key to the directing. I, I, I
1: also think that's down to professionalism. It is, yeah. It's confidence
0: as well. Yeah, to know that that's that's yeah. where you should be. Because if you've got time ready... to do
1: it, you just take it in your stride.
0: Because for me, props people can fiddle with them if they're not confident with what they're doing. Yeah. And they can play with it, and it's not part of the production. It's a, it's a distraction to them. And I think that's where, this showed you how to do that right.
1: Yeah, I think you're saying about the confidence when. Um... Tessa Peake-Jones was putting her socks on in um, in the nick in yes. Act 2. She did that quite powerfully. Yeah. Like she was determined to get them on and she, she just did them on without even thinking. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he, he, but sometimes you could probably see somebody else do that and they fumble about, the fiddle can't get their feet in. And and forget and, the lines and forget probably, what they're going to be yeah. saying.
0: Or, and, and there was also moments where, I mean, we'd, we'd, we're sort of dipping into costume a little. However, um. Tessa Pete Jones had had different layers of different costumes, and she was very. There were very, she was very clever at concealing those different things that were going to be used later on, mm. but other pieces of costume hid those. But she was also conscious that when she put another piece of costume on or did something, mm. that that was what she'd got to take off, and she there was never really a miss in how no it was organized it was yeah there was there was a purpose to have, yeah. to everything and I think that comes down to directing because it's not just it it's not just that person that mm. they, they've, they've got to think about that whole process yeah you know and it, it's, I mean for me if that was written down yeah that would take a lot of interpreting yeah. to produce that piece that theater out of that of the just the words you've got to, it, there's a lot of practice involved to make that yeah. happen
1: so moving on to the writing now. The stage play has been adapted by Jonathan Harvey, the writer of A Beautiful Thing, Gimme, 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 and Beautiful People. And he's also also, uh, written a load of Coronation Street episodes as well. And it was his task of pulling together the Radio 4 scripts of Ladies of Letters by Cal Heyman and Lou Wakefield. And I think he describes it as trying to find um, a journey for these characters. Oh, a journey? A journey, yes, as to how they met... And then where to end it? Yes. And I think he chose right with ending it of them joining together, going on on holiday, mm, yes. like he says. Because there's an awful lot of um, uh, stories out there within the actual books and the yeah. radio series. Well, the radio series the house, ran for so. thirteen years, so I mean, yeah. it's going to be a hard, huge so task. So to there was a lot, that. lot to incorporate in there, and I think he did a really, really good job. Mm. And uh, the difficult bit now is to kind of pinpoint or pick away at it after yeah. what was his input as to what was original the original input because i can see a lot of jonathan harvey um things in yes. there but i believe a lot was original as, as well so it's a little bit difficult but if he's adapted it has he just pulled together certain things to make to, to yes, make because, to make it work, yeah,
0: because some of it would have already been referenced and some have already would would have been used. Yes, and I did like some of the additions. You could tell which the additions were, because Especially I mean, the
1: new the updated ones with like the Netflix, yeah, yanks, Netflix and, and, animatronic animatronic and, and, and animatronic, yeah. They, there was there they, were like gay references, yeah. even though there was gay characters in the original series as well. Yeah, you know, as a, as a, a yeah, gay yeah, writer, yeah. he would have had a more in depth understanding and knowledge yeah. as to those kind of references. Yes, yeah,
0: Definitely. But I think they they updated it enough not to to make it feel almost panto, I've
1: got to write this in because this is not the modern thing. There was yeah, little references said, to like Yeah, you said that before about Derbyshire. Yes. About um uh, I can't remember which uh, podcast we we did now, but um, you you don't particularly like those. That was in Sheila's Island,
0: and, right? And that okay, yeah. And this is where this writing stands up so much more than because Sheila's Island was using a lot of other references, and then one minute they're mentioning Duffield, and Duffield's nowhere near Sheffield, and yes, it's in Derbyshire, but the Sheffield's in Yorkshire. So, so they, and I think it's it, local references don't aren't required or modern-day references aren't always needed if there's no need for them. And I think... But I think it worked for this. Yeah, with this, the way Jonathan wrote it, there was was some moments that were just enough. Like, they made a joke out of Matt Hancock, uh, but it felt like... It was a clever little moment. It wasn't just, a, it wasn't just because of the time and the, because of the
1: political moment uh, yeah, exa- Exactly, and I think this just goes to show that a clever writer doesn't have to get on the soapbox or be a, a particular side. No. You know, having a joke about Brexit, well, we can all do that. Exactly. But, but when you start going to one side or whichever way you're persuasion or going on, you know, yeah. people especially in the audience, don't want to be patronised and they don't want to be aggravated. No. Uh, You know, because that causes friction and tension. Of course it does. But the way it was done, you just saw the funny side of it. And I think the
0: core of the the Ladies of Letters sort of production that had been happening for 13 years on BBC, on Radio 4, you could tell that a lot of those stories would still be relevant now. Yeah. because those things would still happen and still people write letters to each other even if it was emails well, it could yeah, have been ladies writer, of emails it? You know, but people do like to still write letters people like to write cards to people people like to send Christmas cards but and people do spend time doing that well that's so the that's, whole point it's like a felt. hobby for these yeah. uh, ladies exactly. you know, it's,
1: it's, it's the art of letter writing yes
0: and it's not, so it's not lost. People no. might think that, yes, it might not be as prevalent, but it is still being done, you know, and I think that's... that's I, I would
1: see. love to write a letter to someone. Exactly. I really enjoyed this writing. It was uh, clever. It was barbed. Uh, uh, the comedy was... I love that kind of comedy where um, you've got, like, backhanded compliments and barbed-tongued yes. of, of the, the characters. And yeah. it was so funny all the way through... This was an entertaining piece of theatre. It theater. really was, and I mean, in a way, yeah.
0: it it would have stood up to actually being another radio play back on the radio as a whole piece, rather than a Ladies of Letters piece where you were listening to them all the time. This, that, and the other. This mm. piece on its own would have been a great yeah. thing to listen to because of, of like, how it like the, the pace great, of it was. The greatest
1: great. hits of Ladies of Letters. Yeah, yeah. That's basically what they But
0: in a really good way, yeah. and and the comedy itself held up and like you say the the put downs or the little moments or the the little pieces that were written in that were just
1: and the miscommunication the miscommunication between um, the ladies yeah it was almost um... like
0: because the written word people read into you can read it into it the wrong way yeah which a lot of us do with text messages yeah the same as emails and the same as things that there isn't a personal level to it so you can easily get offended or easily get uh, riled up by something that's written, just purely by how it's written and what the the words say. So I think Jonathan did a good job in bringing that out and linking each monologue to do that, to make it funnier in a way, because that added to how they performed
1: it. The good thing about the adaptation, I would also say, is like I've previously said about how he adapted the episodes yeah. into one linear story, I didn't feel like there was anything missed out that annoyed me or anything that was uh, put in that that wasn't needed no what what it has given me is the the need now to actually revisit that series yeah and to listen to a completely yes absolutely and i just feel that it could be quite a daunting task taking somebody else's work and trying to make a meal of it yeah You know, it's like like, they're not your characters, but the the other people's life stories and stuff. And I suppose it's benefited him. Oh, God, this is going to sound really patronising and awful. But because he's an an excellent writer, I think with him writing for Coronation Street and writing somebody else's characters and knowing everything, because he's wrote so much brilliant dialogue for Blanche and um, Deirdre. you know, yeah, back in the day, you know, that this was just Right for him, these characters were perfect for him as a writer to, it to knit it all zone. together. It was
0: his comfort zone to do that, and he probably—if yeah. somebody else had that, would they? If somebody else had that responsibility, would they be able to live up to that? And mm. would they, would it be as confident as it came across? Well, I you want know? to say
1: it was in safe hands, but again, that's sounding patronising when I yeah. do not want it to be. It's more, thank God, it was in his hands. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Because definitely. if it was in somebody else's, I, 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 again, it's like it. doing. I I would probably want to come to see this if we weren't reviewing it and it wasn't him that had written it. Yeah, I know what you mean. But it's like it's like for me, you could also reference,
0: say, it's like taking ABBA's music and creating Mamma Mia. Mm. It's the
1: same sort of principle.
0: It's the music. Yeah, you're you're getting the story hit, out you, of the songs. Yes, basically, it's a big risk because those songs weren't written for that musical. Yeah. So so to to take somebody else's work and create. A piece of and a performance or a, a play or a musical or whatever it's a huge risk to do mm. that so so it did it was good to see that all come together
1: yeah this was definitely strong writing strong yeah. characterful yes. writing
0: and and a, a pleasure
1: to perform from the writing because any... oh the amount of fun they must oh. have had act you know in rehearsals with yeah. the with this dialogue
0: yeah, and there must it, it must have been so much fun doing it because also from a from a writing point of view because some of it was really funny. You'd have to get past so many laughs yourself as a cast member. Yeah. To actually get used to doing that and to doing the to not react when you're saying some of these hilarious lines. You you just well, have to do so much so much rehearsal. Exactly.
1: Moving on now. Do you know what we're here for? We're here for the, the drama. drama. Right. Let's discuss. The performances between Tessa Peak Jones, who was Irene, and Gwyneth Strong, who was Vera. Now, we never saw the understudies, so we're not going to comment on them. But it, do you know what? Actually, before we go into this, I'm actually quite thankful that these two ladies have worked together before in Only Fools and Horses. Yeah. So it was nice, like, uh, the pulling power of, of them Yeah. to be cast in this. Yes. Particularly when you've gone Definitely. up against, like, Anne Reid, Pinella Scales, Maureen Lippman, and Patricia Routledge... Yeah you know for these ladies now to do it they definitely they, they embraced the characters and, and made them their own yes definitely and that's what i was just um and also from about.
0: i suppose when you mention melancholy falls of horses you didn't see that performance on stage they became oh, no, exactly. these yeah. characters yeah. so you could tell they worked together because even though each person did a separate monologue they very much were on stage
1: together And also comfortable. Yes, definitely, totally comfortable, and well, comfortable on stage as well. Actually, that's a that's a good point of call there because they had worked together before, and they're comfortable with each other. You knew that they weren't going to upstage each other or try to outshine the other. Yeah,
0: there was no, there was there was no almost no chance of that. But you hope that that's what you see on Mm. stage, and that's what we saw. There wasn't an an upstage, and they just
1: were those characters. Mm. Because I suppose. If you were more familiar with one actor than the other, then you'd more likely favour someone that you know. Exactly. Definitely. Whereas because, well, for me, I know them both from Only Fools and Horses. Yeah. I mean, me personally, I I know of them, but I've not seen them on stage or perform, really. Well, exactly. I got off on one. I was just wondering, I was trying to figure out as like an example of what character, uh, what other actors would be out there that was more familiar than the other. And then I thought... Well, actually, I, I, I'd i be quite interested to see Felicity Kendall with Penelope Keith. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Both coming together yes. from both comedy backgrounds and both being well-known as well. But, well, we're not here to discuss them. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. I know what you mean. But, you know, you can't pick one over the other. No. Just like these. Um, I really enjoyed the energy from these ladies. There was, yes, there so was, was really. a lot of uh, strong performances. They knew exactly what they were doing how to deliver it. Sometimes I wondered, yeah, there, there was just a, a few moments where I did wonder if I saw um Gwen is Strong mull over a line in her head before she delivered it. Yeah, there was. And I wasn't quite sure if that was hesitant. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. But that's that cuz I've got eagle eyes and I'm here to think about reviewing and also lucky lucky watchy you watchy. Yeah. Um there was a few pauses that were
0: questionable In they seemed a little bit longer than than a natural pause. Yeah, only a fraction. It wasn't I mean, much. Well, we're not talking like no. a
1: minute of no speaky No, not at all. Speaky talking moving on stage here no, at all, no. no, no it was no. A, it was just
0: a, It was almost what? like a breath
1: that wasn't natural, maybe. It was like a, a an intake or breath. A forced, breath. Deli- a forced yeah. delivery or oh, oh, jump start of it. Done. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I might be wrong. I'm not quite sure. But it was but... nothing
0: that, that sort of that took away from the production it's just there was a few just the odd moment that you just thought is it just a little breath of thought or... and, and
1: literally two i can only think of two moments yeah. where it was like um a bit of a startling moment but i i, I don't know uh, um
0: yeah. i mean i'd like to say they they never broke character exactly they never they never left that person even when they changed and evolved through jonathan's linking of all these pieces when they ended up in prison or they ended up um at each other's houses or at different locations they never broke character and they they almost aged through the production slightly so it was a few years you felt like you were traveling a few years on yeah. from the the first letter to the to the final letter, and I think and talk. the
1: relationships between them was evident in the writing yes, that definitely. things had gone off in the background with the uh, the daughters and the the sons and so on and so forth. They
0: would they were really good at painting a picture of a, because when you do a monologue, it's all about painting a picture of a bigger area and a bigger world that they live in. It's not always about what happens on stage. So no, it's the extended you, theatre. Seeing so much more, and that's down to the. The acting really because the words are there but you've got to you've got to almost point people into what's happening over there and what's over there and it, it does make a difference if that character takes you there you know and i think that's mm. that's key to their performances
1: oh it was um perfect casting definitely. for this definitely totally agree definitely I, um i mean we could talk about the props and the um the costumes i mean the props were constantly on stage yes or th- under the stage yeah they're under the stage they were at the side of the they were, they were hidden away what, what i really loved i must say is um when there was plaster dust and, and flowers being dropped from above that was that was that quite inventive was, i mean
0: I'll, I'll,
1: i've not i've not really seen that before
0: it was done really cleverly yes. i mean we could say, how did they do that? So, Richard, what I want to know is, uh, how, how did, did they, they do that? that? Well, I would normally talk about it in the tech, but I think this is pinnacle to the props, because they were all props and everything was used that was, was dropped from the ceiling. And I actually looked while other people wouldn't have done up into the wing, up into the... Up into in, the rafters. Into the rafters, into the, uh, the fly tower as to how that was actually done. And what, what it actually was... Was it one person stood there? No. Oh. I thought it may have been somebody there okay. to, to drop those yeah. things, but it was actually cleverer than that. There was actually boxes with trapdoors built into the base of the box with electric triggers on the actual boxes. Oh, okay. So they were positioned above the area. Yeah. So, I mean, my favourite moment this happened yes the plaster was good yeah but the bunch of flowers that got dropped and landed <laughs> on the table exactly on the precise table. location yeah. that it yeah. needed to right in front of vera's face and it flew past her face and just dropped on the table and there was even petals that just yeah. like exploded from it a little bit yeah and and it had that thud that created yeah. just more props that were, were referenced in the letter but that was just done simply by a box with a couple of electronic triggers that released the box lid and dropped it. But that's exactly the same as what happened with the plaster dust. It was just a box full of some plaster and um, just enough to create that bounce on stage and the dust everywhere. And the same as on the other side where the baby clothes and the nappies were dropped from the other side. It just created that that moment. And they didn't overuse it. mm it was it was a prop that was just dropped from the ceiling. Yeah. But it was done really well. And that said a lot about the props because now we'll talk about the other
1: bits of the props. Yeah, well, everything was under the floorboards as we say or yeah. in tin boxes in, in the drawer, desks and it was on them. It was and everything. It was, yeah, I'd, and it this was, is another thing I really like about uh, theatre when you've got everything, all your props on set. Yes. So you don't have to have a lot of stage hands bringing stuff on, even though they did for parts. Yeah, but they were very, they were very quick, and they, yeah. they, they were very purposeful when there was a couple of scene changes. Where yeah, they, and you, you can know, understand them because they had to. And I must say, going back to Sheila's Island, they did have everything in the backpacks. Yes. For that as well, so they had, you know, they used to having everything on set so this is why i like this one for yes. the fact that they were confident with the props Definitely. and knowing where they were and everything yeah and it, 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 just... they
0: all had i mean even even to the point of when irene took her coat off there was a hook already on the side of the yeah of, of the, the the um the desk that she was using ready to put a hat and coat on then she put it out of a biscuit tin she pulled a scarf and a and a hat and things like that that we all just purposely put there. Mm. Everything on stage was used, and and you sort of didn't realise that one minute one one part of the floor was opened and there was a Hoover. Yeah. The next minute, but the Hoover could be used. It wasn't just it wasn't just there. It just for wasn't no reason. display. And there thing, was, was, was there it? was another scene where. There was mint referenced and she opened the front of the stage and there was bunches of mint in there. The flowers were there. The miniature
1: Christmas tree. Yeah,
0: and I mean the miniature Christmas tree. One thing I'd like to say about that is it was used for seconds. Yeah. Just for that one very small monologue. Yeah. And he was put back away. But it was enough. And it just gave just But gave, it, that it gave that... her something
1: to do yeah. while she talked about Christmas. Yes,
0: yeah. and it was perfect. And I mean, yeah. the New Year scene with um, Vera just surrounded by tinsel. Yeah. I'll be honest, I didn't even see where that tinsel came from. But she was already yeah, she wrapped round quick. her yeah. at the front of stage. It was that quick that it must have come from somewhere in yeah. the floor. But it was done in such a way that Every scene was snappy. Every scene had so much pace because they knew their navigation around that whole floor system, doors, trap doors, drawers, everything was there. I mean, the other mention was Vera fed her cats, but the cat bowl was in the drawer of the table and she just casually walked out with the cat bowl because she'd already got it ready from from the previous scene and it was just there, done, down, and it worked so much so much better.
1: And also, with the props, I did wonder if the pens at the front of the stage were going to get used or referenced at all. Otherwise, they might just be exactly. like the piece of set, you know, just for decoration sort of thing. But yes irene she whipped out a feather duster and yeah. she started dusting it and then yeah. it became used in um, the prison scene as like yeah. a pipe work where she fed it messages and, to send she, down to um, yeah and when she was knocking on the pipes as a yeah. communication
0: thing which would have happened in prisons they were doing morse code on the on the pens yeah. and, and it was just so cleverly done
1: yeah now moving on to our final segment what the tech is this now, Richard, what do we think about the use of the sound, the lighting, the special effects? Sound, oh. I mean, it was just enough. They had sound effects to
0: expand the area. And support. They, yeah, and support, uh, support the, the b- performance, really, wasn't it? Support, Yeah. So there was there was a lot of atmosphere sounds. There was a lot of things where they would reinforce a scene with a roadside sound or something. Yeah, or if they was... went
1: if they went to the country or yeah, they went it, outside the house or it just gave like you the, the... it just ex it just gave
0: you an idea that the yeah, world when they had was the builders bigger. in yeah the builders in you could hear them knocking upstairs yeah. and hammering yeah. and things like that and. And then to add to that with the plaster and the drop,
1: it made it feel bigger than, than just that one room. Yeah, and so. in the prison scenes as well. and uh, Yeah, because one
0: like. of the things I'd say on the sound in the prison scenes, which, because they were mic'd up, yeah. they added slight echoes to their voices, but it was very, very very nicely done where you just could hear it but it felt like that room then had suddenly become more echoey. Well, she was more, in solitary confinement
1: yes. so it would have been really small and like uh tiled uh, yeah and it felt if so you could was, feel you felt like they were yeah. in that you know and they had that that about them See, so that's what i like i like i like, you know, I like the, attention to detail it's yeah. that
0: moment that some technicians and some people don't think about because they read the script they read such and such flick the light, boils the kettle here's the kettle sound they don't think of bigger than that they don't Mm. and sometimes when i always look at a script from a sound and lighting perspective i just think right just step back and just let's think about how i can add to this or but, but do it really faithfully or you know because that the echo might have not even been written in the script in the in the in the use of the prison scenes and stuff. Well, in like a way, that. the and,
1: sound is adding a visual element to yeah. the audiences. Yeah, um, it's, it's opening in, their mind the to the to, set, to. It's yeah.
0: creating more because you it's can't opening do your senses you, up, isn't but it? But because and, you can't do so much, <clears> you can't do everything on stage. Hmm. You can't build every piece of set to show that different scene. So, um, lighting wise. I really I like
1: really the lighting, and I. Yes. This is why I really love this set because I like the neon lights um, going around every little. Uh, um, <clears throat> yeah. Outline one, of everything. Yeah,
0: and one thing to say about the neon lights and the um, the lighting on the paper, that's also a bit of a trick on the eye for an audience member, and because from a technical point of view, I'd see that as it makes the. Black areas on stage darker mm. because your eyes are focused more on yeah. the edges and the and the neons. Yeah. So your your eyes adjust more to that. So that distant space and that darkness behind becomes darker. So you don't focus on it. Mm. You only focus on the performance space, and I think that's what helps really well. And you know, it's it's been done really well for also been made for a touring production so that it can be moved and and moved. But it me feels so much more purposeful than yeah. a lot of other productions.
1: And I want to ask one more thing. This is going to be a first because we're going to have a double whammy here. Wow. I want to know, how did they manage to get the set to turn up like that? So, Richard... How, how did, did they do, they do that? that? Again. Yes, again. again. Tell me, explain to me how a flat stage can be wibbly wobbly bendy wendy like that. Well, want take one well of them. They, can, they can make the set in that way by using... A, a ply
0: that is treated with heat so a ply board that basically um is heated and it's they're normally moist they'd normally soak that piece <laughs> of moist they normally get moist trying to bend <laughs> they're their wood. Bending that wood wow no, they, i didn't um, realize
1: it was that kind of a show no they normally it's very blue. They,
0: there's processes where you can make ply board bend and fixed by heat treating it and and bending it in in factories and machinery, and it is doable. Yeah, and it would and, but it, it makes it so much more natural to have that flow. And I think it wouldn't if the set hadn't been done in that way. It, it makes it eye catching. Flow, and that's it, it, why I like you feel it. Feel like the the paper's got life. In, yeah. Even though it's just a simple thing of turning the corners up of the paper, but it, but it some people feels, probably wouldn't have bothered. No, exactly. You would. You could have just done it flat stage, and it wouldn't have have lent itself.
1: I wonder if we've got a better. Well, I wonder if the fact that we've only got two actors on here, that the budget was spent on the set, more budget was spent yes. on the set, yes. compared to Sheila's Island also, where there's four actors.
0: Yeah. I, I'm wondering. But but also it was, it was made in such a way that it's very transportable. It's two sections of set. It's very easy to put in a lorry and take mm. away. But there was behind those turned corners at the back, mm. there was also shelves to put pieces of prop yeah. to hide them away when they weren't in use. So it was even more had... When I say the whole set was used, it had mm. a lot of purpose. So the cardboard boxes they brought on with, with pieces of setting were hidden behind there. And Do you, and that, do you
1: reckon the um, when it came to the prison beds in the second night, yeah. do you reckon they were hidden behind there as well? No, I think they were, they them, off, they were put on in the, the interval
0: because they opened in the second half. I mean, one other yeah. thing we needed... But the safety curtain came down, you Yeah, it say, did. Like, so they put them out at that point, I think. No. But one thing I would like to also mention is one thing we haven't talked about is the uh, the ironing board. We did reference the envelopes and the fact that they had scenes behind them. And I think that was another clever technical point where they used pulleys to open the windows, open, yeah. the, open the envelope, uh, open the backs of the envelopes. And that was just very simple, a wire and a pulley to lift those envelope lids open and it was very nicely done because it was so black behind, you couldn't see those wires.
1: No. You did, I did a really good job thing, of hiding. Well, to my trained eye <laughs> Yes. I saw the cables and I yes. knew they were gonna open because otherwise they wouldn't have had cables there. So I yeah. knew that was um there was a reason for that. So I um, you know, spoilers. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it was a- the envelopes open and it wasn't magic. No of spoiling the magic. We had a bit of a faux pas with our technical bits because when they use the winch to in, this lower was in the second half, in the second half when they use uh, the winch to lower the desks down, it was only one side, wasn't it? Was it both sides? No. Well, they use the winch on both sides to drop both desks. Yeah, but yeah, I'm the, talking yes. about the yeah, yeah. the issue do, on Vera's about, side yeah. when Irene had moved into Vera's house, the desk sort of it didn't touch the ground as it was slightly stuck and then irene was coming in dancing and she saw that it hadn't reached the ground yet and there was a bit of an issue so it's like so she danced off so she she moved she took the chair off and then she danced around the desk and went off and probably told them that it didn't touch the ground and it wasn't going to be safe and and yet again, my stomach was churning like butter, because I thought, oh my God, we've got technical issues. I They're going to per- have to stop production. Oh my I personally God. felt like we were at an arcade in the in
0: Skegness Beach, and they were we were trying to get the grabber down, and it didn't That's... quite reach. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then it didn't go up, and then it went down. and yeah, then they were going to have this great big hand come down <laughs> from the, the rafters, and just push it down yeah so they had to lift it back up and move it back down again and then once she danced back on and carried and she, on and we she, all she gave there her a was a little before. almost like wink to the audience that it's safe now we yeah. can carry on we can carry on oh, I hate moments like that yeah. but I love them because that's what you expect well you don't expect it but that's what I like about live performances when things go wrong it, for me
0: it's how but, you recover well and that's how, it you know because Tessa Pete Jones came back and bang we were off again yeah there was no yes because there was things no like panic that in her could, eyes there was no no, was no, oh. no and they they're the moments that can really shake a, a, an actor mm. when they perform it can really upset the forewoman well, Or she had to her. sit at
1: that desk and if yeah. that desk was still Swinging hovering around about. How, on, how on earth would she have done that
0: scene right, so she Krypton had to get out to try to get the the, the 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 props on and off there when it's moving around that much
1: yeah. She <laughs> already went off and spoke to a union rep That's or an good. agent. I'm not going back out there until they lower that oh, desk. Exactly. I'm sorry. I've tried my best. That's I'm not it. swinging on a desk for nobody. That's it. So, um, yeah, that was that technical issue. And, yeah, I, really, I mean, to be fair, that was probably that the happened. only one. Yeah. But I've... can you imagine having to do that production so many times? I wonder how many times it's gone wrong. Has it gone wrong on. Another on the other section on the other side. When you when
0: you've got a piece when you've got a show like this and it's touring, you're working in different venues and different spaces. So you hope that everything you've set up again in the next venue. What is in power cuts? Well exactly. What happens... It's if, a good job they weren't dropped in from
1: the ceiling and had a power well, and
0: just uh, left swinging there like a budgie on a pitch, you know. Oh, can
1: you imagine if they did that whole, uh, like, ladies of uh, letters, just swinging in the middle of the stage at their desk? <laughs> yeah, just waiting, like, you know. Yeah. I normally will get out and use the Hoover, but <laughs> yeah, it's a bit far. It's a bit far. I can't read Go Go gadget. Arms. I know it extends, but I can't yeah, extend yeah. it that far. Yeah, imagine like with the props that you said, like opened mechanically and then dropped the flowers. What if what if they didn't open? Well, exactly because there were th- those moments. Th- or if they, they were opened so... too early. Yeah. And then a different scene. and Then all of a sudden, plastic. It would have really out. thrown because. Yeah.
0: It, If it didn't happen at the point it happened, because those every prop was used, it would have made no reference or no point to what they were trying to say. So there's a lot on every (laughs) movement on stage, and you know.
1: Yeah, I love life theater. Oh, definitely. Now let's talk about this ironing board, which was actually spectacular. I wasn't expecting it at all, but there I knew there was a reason why it had to be the biggest ironing board. And it was made really well. Yeah. It was
0: almost like a, a, a double-ended
1: ironing board. <laughs> I wondered where you were <laughs> going then. Just keep it and, clean. Yes, yes,
0: yeah. I will do.
1: I thought there was ironing in like a sweatshop then. I think you know.
0: it was really clever because they had to have chains on the, the laundry baskets and things like that to stop them falling off or yeah. dropping onto the stage. But you didn't really see that. I did because I was looking for how it was done and, and those sort of things. But it was a little thing where there was a carabiner clip and the and they'd cut the plug off the the iron. Yeah. But there was a carabiner clip on a hook underneath the ironing board yeah. just in case that iron dropped. It was on a safety yes. chain. So yeah. it wasn't going to hurt anybody. It was just going to drop maybe a couple of metres, but it was not going to hurt anybody. But if the washing moment.
1: basket did fall, all well, the tea towels would have fallen out. They would, yeah. But or oh, do
0: you reckon they had a cover over them? I think at first they were maybe. covered over they were maybe covered over or they were clip clip. But they, were, they, they clip to be fair, then... that basket would have been heavy enough to not cause that. It's just that they'd got to put some form of chain on it to stop it falling. However mm. I think that it was really well utilised because of the they dropped it in and both Vera and Irene ironed on the same ironing board. Yeah the two baskets were different colored baskets the two the irons were different colors and half of the ironing board yeah. was different colored so you felt like they were in their room ironing and they did a lot of ironing yeah and there was a lot of stuff in that ironing basket to to get a lot of ironing done yeah. but i also didn't notice them take the chains off the baskets to them take the the basket off and move it to the back of the stage, and they had to do that, and, didn't they? Yeah, because they for needed the that to be gone, for ready for the yeah. final scene. So it needed a lot of it needed planning. a lot of planning to do, planning. do
1: that. And shout out to Joanna Reed for directing this oh, as totally. well, because you can see that a lot of thought and a lot of work, and also planning, had gone into, gone into everything. Yes, definitely. With this yeah you know from the the tiniest little bit of tinsel to the yeah. biggest piece of you can set. see that they would
0: have all worked together mm. to actually create this because you couldn't have created this in isolation. the whole creative team and the cast would have all had to work together mm. to make this work, yeah, but they've all got to have one common strong voice, and you know that's why we shout out to the actual director because without that strong voice to keep this all into yeah. one production, it would have become confusing and I think it could have been a mess if they didn't have the strength of the the direction.
1: Yeah. So wouldn't you just like to do this full time oh, as your job, just to totally. have the time. Oh, just now you're getting paid yeah. to actually concentrate and actually pull yeah. something like this out.
0: Yeah, exactly. But know, interpret just... that script because it at the end of the day, um at the end of the day, Jonathan Harvey can write as much as he wants. Mm. But that director's got to interpret that yeah. and turn it into what to a piece of, to something on stage. Yeah. That is also enjoyable for the cast as well as the audience because if the cast don't enjoy it, the audience aren't going to. Exactly. And that's so important and you've got to have that in your back of your mind for me as a director you have to sit there and think I've got to be critical on this and I've got to tighten that script up to make sure that that audience follow that and go with it and enjoy it. And mm. I think that's important. And it,
1: it's good to know that they, the fact that they've both been in a sitcom and the fact that it's been adapted by a sitcom writer, Yes. they've got the comedy down. They've got that comedy timing. Yeah, definitely. definitely. And that just shines through. In the technical section as well, what they used at the farm... Uh, during a bit where Vera was um, in the... Uh, what is it, Richard? The, the sheep it was farm? In, it was actually an inn. She'd moved to an, an inn. inn
0: because she was going to stay there. Y-
1: yeah, at the back of the stage, down came um, a couple of yellow ribbons. Yeah. Which I, I thought, are they needed? Did they need that? For me, no, wasn't needed at no, all. No, it was a little questionable. It
0: didn't really have much of a reference.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd leave that back in the van. Yeah. And another thing near the end of, of the play... Yeah. Just a, a little uh, camper van just came up. It was like it was on a cir- circle thing. Yeah. So it just came a little way up, just peeping over the envelope so we could see it. And then ultimately, when near the end, when they decide that they are going camping together and the ironing board comes down, which we then realise that it was the actual bridge for them both to meet in the middle so they could cross it. Yes. To then go off the camper van then carried on going. It's a bit like The Good Life. If you ever yes. see the chicken going around collecting the eggs or whatever, yeah. it, it basically had like a rainbow. Yes. Which I I get the point of them going away in a camper van, but then splitting the camper van for it to be a rainbow thing. Is this some sort of like... It was almost like a they had... gay reference? Yeah, it was almost love.
0: like they had to end the production with a rainbow, a, flag. a rainbow flag. And also I did question the use of two blasts of of ribbons flying out of both sides of the stage as well at the same time and I just felt it was a little strange way to end because I knew they needed to end the production but I think they've the confidence of just standing on the ironing board and putting their arms up in the air was enough and with yeah. a, with the sharp blackout it was enough to show that that's the end rather than almost fireworks and, and party it didn't it was almost like party poppers going off it was a bit do, weird do you
1: feel sometimes they, they feel the need to put uh, party poppers in or something big and extravagant just to make it this is the end yes and i don't i think sometimes you don't need that i think the they, thing is know... if if the audience is intelligent enough if we've sat through this show long enough to get engaged with these characters, yeah. we've been on a journey with them. We know what's happening. Exactly. We know it's going to be the end when they actually leave. Yeah, definitely. And I think sometimes, do you need the great I, big I know boom at the end? Yeah, and I don't know why. Just the fact we've... that they crossed the ironing board yeah. and held hands, yeah. that's the first time they ever did I've, that. And that's
0: all that's needed. That, yeah, exactly. And I think that it's not the only production which seems that is a new piece of writing. Where there's been some sort of extravagant end yeah, almost. Yeah. And I think confident theatre does not need that. And I think just purely the cast members coming back out on stage to bow, you know it's the end. Yeah. You know it's the finale of but the production. This has been
1: confident from the start. Yeah. But are we over judging this? Are we are we just miserable people that we don't really want to see a great big like, boom and rainbow flags and yay, this is the end. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, are we a um, bit a bit too maybe, negative? But then thinking, I think Ugh.
0: maybe are we are we expecting confidence in that was really good we finished? And it's just like I I, I always yeah, want being left wanting more rather than <clears throat> being told think, something.
1: Yeah, do you think it's the type of show as well, with it being like um happy and comedy and, and yeah. good good fun? When We went to see the homecoming, which is due shortly. Yes, that ended with a great big bang, and that's it. Like yeah. the lights went out, yeah, it. An audible like blast, and that's it. We knew it was the end, bang, over. Would it have worked with something like this? They joined in the middle, they held hands, they look out in front, bang, over.
0: Yeah, I think, and then lights
1: up, and then they take the bang. Personally,
0: because of Ladies of Letters and the way that this has been taken from 13 years of script. I'd like to know, personally, how how Ladies of Letters ended because I've got a feeling a little bit like The Archers. At the end of an episode, it leaves you wanting more. There's no, this is the end of the production. You've got to think that these people are going off on a new journey and a new direction in what they were talking about, rather than, because of sending letters, letters aren't loud and brash, and I think that's why I may be felt that, mm. that it could have been
1: but I mean they've already met up in person yes in the play anyway yeah but for them to actually go on this caravan tour getting yeah. out of it or whatever that that was enough so I don't think we needed to know more of where we're I mean obviously there will be more stories yeah of yeah no I mean going, it's almost but... like
0: leaving you in your head, knowing that they're going on that other direction. because yeah. it's, good it's, it's like,
1: good. it's good choice of uh, ending to use that. Yeah, but I mean, I question the rainbow flag. I mean, are they what are they lesbians now? I don't get it. Why no, I can't, yeah, well, can't exactly. they just be friends? I, mean,
0: I know, and I, thought, I feel like that. That there was there was re- almost references throughout the piece where they got a little bit confused in their letters maybe that one loved the other and it was just purely friendship.
1: Well, that was in Bad Girl. No, no, that was in prison when it had that whole like Bad Girl's etiquette thing. But it
0: didn't really ever ever point out to me that they they had sexual feelings. It was more like Two women yeah, that no, loved were... each other through friendship and strong friendship because they, they were supporting each other. Well, it
1: was miscommunication on one part, wasn't it? With yeah. Irene writing it a bit too uh, lovey-dovey and then it, getting around getting wind. But then when, um, what was it, Beefy yeah. was getting a bit close and intimate with Vera, yeah. wh- whatever happened there happened. But I don't know. I don't think they kind of went off or, you know, rainbows and unicorns. No, rain, I just thought like it was and, a, they were, a, they were, they were it was... decided to end... Mm. The,
0: to, to end the previous lives and just go on a friendship journey of, yeah. of let's just drive off into the sunset and just see what happens as friends
1: and just enjoy it we're just going off and living sort of like um friends were and also yeah. a free life <sighs> from what they've been through you know and i think yeah so i just question the point of the rainbow and, and the, the camper van at the end uh, i mean I, I get the fact that they've, they've, they go away together and it's yes. all rosy and it's all great yeah. and they're just being friends but I don't really see anything more within that. It was almost so, a so was... Thelma and Louise moment where well, exactly, they're just driving yeah. off
0: into the sunset to
1: to just be a we're bit going, radical. Yeah, you going, know. going to Port Marion. Yeah. Get some pottery. But I just don't understand the rainbow. So, so sometimes I just think, are oh, they just constantly, are people just constantly trying to push this rainbow in everyone's faces? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yes, yeah, definitely. No, we're too. <laughs> Do you know what too, mean? Yeah. I mean? I'm all for it, but then when it's just. Uh, I don't think you need you the glitz see. and
0: glam sometimes. I think. The production holds itself up, and I think that's yeah. all. Sometimes you don't. I think it was a little confusing. I think that's why he just. Fair enough, just, they, they want uh,
1: creative uh, license yeah, and to do what they definitely. want, but I, I I disagree with that bit, but that, that's just yeah. me being a miserable old goat. Now for our ratings, as we say. Call, call this the show. So, Richard, final thoughts on this um, show of Ladies of Letters? I really enjoyed this. I think it was a good piece of comedy writing
0: and it was a good use of all the scripts that obviously have been pulled out from the Radio 4 plays and things like that. I think that it, it became a really enjoyable piece of theatre and I would watch it again because I think you could pick out bits in it that you didn't see previously. I think it's because yeah. there was so much script and there were so many things said, I think you'd probably enjoy it the second time Because, I mean, the ending was almost predictable. Yeah. But it was a really well put together piece of theatre overall, really.
1: Yes, uh, I concur. I I think um, I would definitely see this again. Mm. I think it helps when you see it once, you understand uh, the plot, the situation and where it's going. But the second time around, you can actually listen out to the dialogue. Yes. That's what always makes uh, a second viewing even more better because you can actually enjoy the dialogue and the the characters and uh, the humour because first time round, um, you don't know what to expect. No. So Sometimes, you know, um, if you hear a joke uh, once, it's great. But then if you hear it a second time, it's probably not so great. But I think you, you, you warm to it. And this is clearly a cosy show that I, I think is just entertaining. I think it's just entertaining. And I think it was extremely well written, well knitted together and going from the originals. Uh, the original concept um, is got a good uh, premise yeah, and a good definitely. idea. So, and it was an excellent production. Scores on the doors for this production, Richard, with 10 being the ultimate art of letter writing and 1 being a complete return to Sander. What are you going to give it?
0: I'd like to give this an 8.
1: Oh, okay. I am... Oh, I'm torn. I want to give it a 10. Well... Wow. Do I, do I want to give it a nine? Or no, 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 no. I'm going to give it a ten. I thoroughly enjoyed this. You know, I don't care about that rainbow camper van now. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, just, yeah, I know what you mean. I'm, not, I'm over it. Over I'm, it. I'm so over, 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 over that it. camping rainbow now. I'm over the They're rainbow camping there. rainbow. Yeah, don't call me Dorothy. No, ten out of ten for me. I really, really enjoyed this. And I tell you what, so did all the gay people on the front row. Yes. Exactly. You knew they were there. Yeah. Because how, how loud they laughed at all the gay jokes. They really <laughs> Thank were. Thank you, Jonathan, for that. Yes. <laughs> so, what sound effect will you be choosing from the following? A complete train wreck? Tumbleweed? An audible shrug of the shoulders? Uh? A slow clap? A pleasant applause? Or a standing ovation? What will it be? So, Richard, what sound effects are you going to give this? Ladies of Letters. I will give this a standing ovation. Yay! I do think it
0: deserves it. I think they worked really hard on it. And I do think it was... I'd definitely go and see it
1: again. Absolutely agree. 100%. And I'm going to give it a standing ovation as well. So, well done, everybody. I hope it tours. I hope it picks up another tour. I hope it goes a little bit longer than... Because I think it's finishing soon. So, I hope it continues... Please, everybody, go and see this show. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's worth every penny. Exactly. Well done, Tessa Peak Jones and Gwyneth Strong. So there we are. That's our
0: discussion of Ladies of Letters. We hope you found it insightful.
1: If not entertaining.
0: Coming up over the next few episodes, we'll be discussing the new production of Cluedo, The Homecoming, and The Rise and Fall of Little Boys. That's it for this week, folks. If you'd like to drop us a message, please email us at upstagedownstagepod at gmail.com. Remember, you can always join in the chat to share with us your views on
1: a production. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our channel so you get every episode the second it's released. And we hope you join us again for another instalment of Upstage Downstage.